Howdy, hey, hello, folks. Uh, Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation. This is the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement. And hopefully one day, uh, a true proletarian revolution. Um, But until then, uh, you are listening to, again, In Defense of Liberation. I am your host, Josh. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, For those of you coming back, welcome. Thanks again. Uh, It means the world, and uh, I hope you like what you hear this time as well. So, I am currently in the middle of listening to Rev Left Radio's most recent episode on Michael Parenti's Critiquing Capitalism. Um, and I mean, for those of us who have, you know, been quote unquote leftists, socialists, communists, anarchists, Marxist Leninists, you know, we've all watched that yellow Parenti video on YouTube and some of us might have caught some of his other, uh, discussions or read some of his, some of his works. Um, Michael Parenti is one of those people who, you know, Brett from Rev Left Radio really puts it into perspective quite well. He was the the shining light through the, the 80s and 90s, and, and in some cases up until the, the mid-2000s, um, that was keeping the, the flame of, you know, communism, the flame of Marxism, uh, and especially uh, one of the very few outspoken and openly um, uh, representing Marxist-Leninists at the time as well. Uh, At a time where most academic folks might take the term Marxian to mean that, you know, in in most cases you see that affiliated with economics, whereas someone is saying they uh, support the, you know, broad-based theories of Marxian economy, as it might be called, uh, rather than even calling themselves Marxists, which is usually a, uh, a signifier um, that you, you kind of take Marxism to mean more than just uh, some of Marx's more broad uh, economic theories, but more of a, a social and a political understanding as well. But even, even still to this day, most academic uh, Marxists are only Marxists in the, uh, definitive sense, in that they, you know, to some extent, uh, speak about Marxism. Um, however, most of these so-called Marxists, time and time again, uh, like many folks before them, uh, you know, really bastardized, really bastardized, and um, just misrepresent Marxism. Um, that that could be anything. That could really mean anything. You know, if you read any kind of academic, scholarly uh, Marxist texts right now, there's all kinds of ways in which that happens. Um, but I think that this is not a new and unique phenomenon. Um, as many of you may know, uh, Karl Kautsky of the German 
social democrats was uh, Lenin's uh, number one uh, on his shit list for a while, for a long time, for that very reason. Um, Lenin wrote most of what he wrote, as most theorists do, not only to just get their experiences and their understandings and their kind of instructions down on paper, but a lot of times these writings are, you know, like the critique of the Gotha program. That was a letter to uh, the, I believe that was the Social Democrats in Germany uh, that Marx was writing to. Um, don't quote me on that. I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. Um, but it was essentially, you know, making the case that, hey, folks, everything that you're calling for, we already have. Or if we don't already have it, we know that it is not going to solve the issues which the people are facing, right? But, you know, to in, in the same way that anyone today might or, you know, ever would... There are still a lot of folks, and there was especially back then, who misrepresented, misinterpreted, misunderstood Marx's theories and understandings, um, and Marxism generally, right? I, uh, you know, I ascribe to a few different quote-unquote descriptors or tendencies. Uh, I more commonly than not now go by uh, revolutionary communist, which is a term that uh, I first saw used by J. Malfawad Paul, uh, and that kind of stuck with me ever since. Um, I also call myself a Marxist, um, and uh, I would probably be more willing if, you know, online culture wasn't what it is, uh, to call myself a, uh, Marxist-Leninist Maoist as well. Um, but a lot of that doesn't really mean shit outside of, like, the few circles where it does. Um, so I, I go by revolutionary communist, right? But these tendencies are important because, you know, for example, we all know that a good portion of, you know, left spheres are, you know, super anti what they call Stalinist, which it's not my place to uh, speak to this conversation. I don't have the expertise and there's many, many, many people who have done that, the service that it deserves already. And so you can, you know, if you want to have that conversation, well, go go have that conversation with someone who should have that conversation, but I think a lot of us get it twisted uh, that, you know, just because we think we're hot shit, or for whatever reason we feel that we personally just have the perfect line on or understanding of these, you know, huge historical events uh, in these, you know, huge periods of time in global history uh, without ever experiencing them personally, 
or reading anything other than, uh, you know, pretty propagandized uh, literature and uh, accounts of the USSR, of Stalin, of, you know, just about everything to do with uh, communism at at that period in time. Um, And for good reason. I mean, the majority of the people I interact with are American, right? And one thing that we Americans are privy to is absolute uh, dog shit education. Um, Not because we don't have the coolest technology or we don't have the, the nicest schools or teachers, but because the education they give us is actual dog shit. Um, I mean, there's a million examples that I could give, but history is one of the ones where it's, it's truly evident in that a lot of our textbooks outright lie about things like the Revolutionary War, about the Civil War, about the abolition of slavery. Um, I mean, how few of us learn our labor organizing history in this country? How few of us learn the true feminist history in this country, not just, um, you know, uh, fe- uh, feminist suffrage, or I guess I should say, uh, female suffrage, uh, but, you know, true, uh, feminism, right? Calling for the erasure of the oppression of women as, as a gender, as a, a subclass within society, uh, and how to go about doing that. Um, how many of us learn about, um, Stonewall and LGBTQ plus history in this country? And so, you know, it's very, it's very evident how absolutely awful our education is. And yet, I mean, this would be a contested point in most spheres and and, and most interactions that I have on a day-to-day basis. Um, especially in my area. And so it's very clear, obviously, that something needs to change, right? And I can't even remember why it is why I originally pressed record. I do that pretty often. Um, But, you know, I'm talking about Michael uh, Parenti. And one point that Michael Parenti really, really hammers home is, you know, I don't know if it was ever explicitly made clear in in any, you know, eloquent phraseology or sentence um, or text, but coming through what Parenti says and, 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 you know, what he advocates for is this conception of the the broad-based working class, right, as one, a fluid being that has multiple layers to it, that has multiple levels to it, and that has its ebbs and flows like the economic system that that working class is... Um, you know, suppressed by and, and forced to participate in. 
But something else that he makes very clear is that that is most, most evident, most concrete to see in what we might know as the third world, better known as the global south or, you know, the most oppressed, most exploited nations in the world, you know, places in Central and South America, um, Africa, Asia, um, these places have been the foundation economically, as in the main source of the mined, planted, uh, uh, manufactured, uh, raw materials, as well as in, you know, more recent times, uh, the physical labor force of, you know, these massive corporations, which, uh, for contextualization, those of us who might have caught my last episode with Mark's Madness, uh, Nathan from Mark's Madness, You should know that in their episodes of Black Reconstruction in America by W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, they discuss not only Abraham Lincoln's idea, but also just the general uh, democratic idea that either, one, if slavery was to be abolished, the black people, uh, the former slaves, were to go back to Africa uh, through a process of emigration, which then, as we know, if we are to look into, you know, 60 years post the Civil War and the supposed abolition of slavery, um, the very people who would have gone to those lands their, their forefathers and their, their uh, relatives and, and not, not outright relatives, but the colonized folks in Africa would have been and still are to this day the new slaves of this capitalist system of America through the process that we now know as one, colonialism, and two, imperialism. Um, These processes are uh, not separate from capitalism, but in the same way that we go from, you know, feudalism to absolutism to uh, republicanism slash liberalism uh, slash capitalism, I guess even, Um, in the same way, we basically go, uh, I mean, I see this is kind of one of those things where it's not one was the beginning and the other is the end. Um, in the same way that our working class in America is not homogenous, is not one solid being, but fluid and made up of multiple different factors and people and groups and whatever, so too is this broad idea of capitalism, which gets broken down into colonialism, 
uh, liberalism, uh, and, and all these different fancy terms. Um, ultimately, they are evolutions of and, and, and factions of capitalism. Because ultimately, at their base, their foundation is capitalism. And that, just like capitalism, those economic systems, those uh, uh, economic practices are... They are made up of a... And based on a foundation which we know as class society, which is, you know, broken down as simply as it can be, although this definition does not do this this term justice, but broken down as simply as it can be, class society means that there is one distinct and, and observable group of people which is given all of the power in society, essentially. Or at least all the meaningful power, which can lead towards change, which can lead towards control, which can lead towards wealth, and which can lead towards political and social power. And opposite of that is the majority, is the remaining many, who are oppressed and made powerless by this one small distinct group of a few ruling class. That is what capitalism, imperialism, and colonialism are all predicated on. This idea that in society there ought to be that structure. Now, what Michael Parenti makes very clear, especially in yellow Parenti as we all know it as, um, is that this is a distortion of reality. And more than a distortion, it is like beer goggles. It is like when the dare guy came to school and made you put on the drunk glasses and you tried to catch a ball. That is what capitalist... Um, um, class society is it's beer goggles because the fact of the matter is all of this quote unquote truth all of this quote unquote natural reality is man made it's predicated on a system that was created and that time and time again fails and has to get revitalized and rejuvenated and it has to get pounded into us even though none of us can afford our bills even though none of us have any kind of stable and steady income even though none of us are able to live in any kind of reality in our capitalist class society like the ones that are are in our textbooks on our TVs and told to us by our our parents, our teachers. None of this is real. And it is especially not a reality for the billions of people in the global south who to them 
capitalism is only exploitation. Similar to a positive having its opposition as a negative or a reaction having an equal or greater, or I should say an action having an equal or greater reaction, or just in the same way that, that you know, you cannot understand up without down, you cannot understand uh, rich without poor. And more now than even when Yellow Parenti was, was telling us what's what, there is an equal, wink, wink, more like extremely far greater level of poverty to the amount of insane wealth that exists. And it's undeniable to any of us who call ourselves socialists, anti-capitalists, whatever, that Capitalism creates wealth, it creates prosperity, it creates privilege, it creates vast amounts of things. But those things are secluded and sectioned off, as we already discussed and as we already know, because we are all people who live in this world. It is cut off for a select few in society, and the rest of us live in in opposition to the insane amounts of wealth that live, in comparison to that insane amount of wealth, we live insanely impoverished life. And this is a moderately well-off uh, 22-year-old white kid saying this. I can't afford my bills. I can't afford a place to live with my partner. I don't have a job that, that pays me a living wage. I haven't had groceries in a week because I have been scared to go spend the money because I just had to spend $500 on my car and I'm trying to move out. So now I'm not eating groceries, right? And that's, you know, might be a decision on my part, but that should be a decision that no one should have to make. And there are billions of people who that is not a decision for. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Venezuela who has told me time and time again of the awful, you know, situations that are there. His, um, his, it, to us, it's like Social Security, right? That covers his food uh, and his rent and as well as, you know, everything else. He hasn't been able to get much of the food rations that normally his whole community would be granted in, in, in his country just because they, they are alive and they need it. So now him as an, an, an older uh, man has to go out and work in order to get the extra food that he needs for a week. Now there are some who might say, see, that proves socialism doesn't work. But again, like capitalism, this is beer goggle reality. Because it is impossible to recognize that capitalism creates insane amounts of wealth without also recognizing that capitalism is the direct cause for the incredibly insurmountable and un er, You couldn't even put a fucking picture to the poverty, the destitution, the oppression and the exploitation, the suffering, the hunger. 
the, the, the needs for a humane and dignified life that exists for billions of people. How is it that anyone can defend a system such as this? Because if anyone is looking outside, if anyone is looking at the true material reality that we are living in, there is not a damn thing that should be defendable to any of us unless we ourselves have a billion dollars in the bank. And guess what, folks? This whole idea of becoming a self-made millionaire, sure, go off and do it. Be an awful human being who only cares about money and then see how far that gets you. Whatever, you'll probably do much better than me in life and think that you're, you know, much happier. Good for you. Whatever. Go fuck yourself. How about that? But the insane amounts of wealth that exists right now, you can never get a seat at that table. The Jeff Bezoses, the, the Elon Musks, right? And, and beyond that, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, Chase Bank, these huge banks, these huge credit companies, right? We will never in a in a million years get a seat at that table ever even to participate and to be the the asshole that they all make fun of and and ridicule and then eventually buy out and and we're destitute right or maybe we get a cushy job as a board of director whatever you will never be never reach that point of power of control, of wealth that these people have. And because these people are allowed to have such immense power, such immense wealth, and such immense control, there are billions today who do not know if they will eat tonight. There are billions today who do not make more than $5.10, which in most places, again, is not enough to guarantee three meals a day, is not enough to guarantee a, a, a livable shelter, proper, humane shelter. It's certainly not enough to guarantee medical care of any kind of proper kind. It is certainly not enough to guarantee a well-rounded, humane education, which will lead to employment and income. All that this world is guaranteed is that there will always be a place to spend your money and you will always need more money. That is the only guarantee that any of us have that you will always need more money. Because when you eat today, guess what? You got to eat tomorrow. And so it is incredible to me that a single person could defend a system such as this. Because to me, a system that says it is perfectly acceptable that billions of people every single day suffer, starve, go without homes, go without medical care, go without education, go without proper social and political and and, and economic systems and structures for 
humane and dignified support. On top of the the awful wars and sanctions and destruction of lands that exist in this world because of capitalism, because that there is always this need for more, 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 our only guarantee is that under capitalism, there will never be enough to go around. But that is, again, where the beer goggle reality comes into, re, you know, com- comes into the forefront. Because guess what? There is more than enough to go around. The United States throws out over $500 billion worth of food every single year. We have millions who go without jobs, while millions of others need social workers, need grocery stores, need doctors, need teachers, need houses that they can afford. These are all needs that human beings will always have. And yet, we don't even make the jobs so that people can go in and make a living and then turn that living around into homes, education, food, all the things that we require as human beings because not only do we not have the money for it, but there's nobody doing those jobs because it's not profitable. And that is all we care about. That is all capitalism will ever care about. Capitalism to its core is a system of exploitation that is based on a class structure, a class society that puts profits over people. Our only solution is flipping that on its head and saying, no, the most important thing is the people. The most important thing is that everyone who is born and lives a day on this earth is guaranteed the very things that we all need as human beings that we all have readily available to us in nature, in, in the institutions, in the systems, in the structures, in the, in the societies that we live in, and that we all receive those things, not simply because we want handouts, not simply because we're, we're moochers, but because as a human being, we require these things, and these things are readily available. And so there is only one reason why everyone who needs to eat tonight might not eat. There is only one reason why the people who need a job today will not get a job. And that is because the people who have the power to give them those things do not want to because it is not profitable. That needs to change. If you're still listening to this, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you a whole lot. Uh, For those of you who want to reach out to me, you can find me on social media uh, anywhere. uh, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at In Defense of Liberation. And you can also find my blog at For Liberation, no caps, no spaces, dot Wix site. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash website. Uh, you can find this in like a written form and some other cool co- quotes from revolutionaries. I'm trying to figure out how to turn my website into other stuff, but yeah, there's that. Uh, you can also reach out to me by email. 
Uh, if you want to call me an idiot, if you want to tell me that uh, everything I said was wrong, or if, you know, you want to be a cool person and just reach out to me, uh, you can find me at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com. Uh, and then before I go, uh, my lovely partner here, they have a, a little a little word of goodbye, I guess they wanted to hop in. Yeah, I just really needed to tell you guys that you can also find him on OnlyFans at BigBootyJudy.com. Backslash OnlyFans. <laughs> is, that how, is that how OnlyFans, is that like what the, the ats are? Oh, absolutely not. No? I have no idea how it works. Well, then how are they going to find my OnlyFans? I'm trying to make money. I don't know. Look up Big PP 94 I don't know. thought it was Big Booty Judy. Yeah, we'll forget that one, okay? Okay. All right. That's well, it. this has been In Defense of Liberation. I was your host, Josh. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, he's so cool. Get him. Oh.